0: Welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm your host, Marva Hinton. This week's show was recorded in Tampa last month during the AWP conference. Our guest is Renee Sims. She's the author of the short story collection, Meet Behind Mars, which is set to be published on May 1st. We caught up with Renee amidst all of the chaos of the conference. I just loved your collection. There are gut-wrenching stories in it, there are quiet, reflective stories, and you also play a lot with form and structure. So we get some straight realism as well as little magical realism and a few epistolary stories. Since your collection is so diverse, I was wondering who are some of the writers who have influenced your work?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So um, two of the writers who have influenced my work are Harriet Mullen, who's a poet, and Laurie Moore, um, a fiction writer. Um, But so many other people. I mean, um, I read diverse books. Um, I read across genre. Some of the writers that I really enjoy are George Saunders, who spoke last night. I didn't get to go to that keynote. Um, I am a big fan of um, Doctorow, Um, So, yeah, and and the reason why I mentioned Mullen and Moore um, at first, because I had quotes from them that I kept on the manuscript up until the time that it was published as kind of inspiration, because their words served as inspiration for this collection uh, for a couple reasons, Um, but primarily because they are women writers who experiment um, and who use humor um, and that's something that's important to me.
0: One of the issues that you return to again and again in this collection is how motherhood affects a woman's life. You have characters whose desire to be a mother is questioned in many cases by their own mothers and you have mothers who say they're not good mothers, mothers who have others question their fitness to be a parent. Why is this something that you wanted to explore? Because
1: I think motherhood is a very complicated role in our society. We say that we love mothers, but all of the structural support that is missing for mothers um, says that we don't really value. Uh, that position in our society. So I wanted to kind of peel back the layers and look at the complexities uh, with motherhood. Um, I don't think it's something that all women just want to do, right? I don't think it's um, a job that's easy, right? There's a lot of absurdity involved in taking care of young people and you know bodily functions and all of that. So, um, yeah, those were the issues that interested me.
0: The impact of serious illness is another subject that you tackle in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have characters who have cancer, we have more than one. Um, you have a character who has a stroke. You have some characters who appear to be struggling with some sort of mental health issue. What is it about illness that attracts you as a subject to write about?
1: Well, <coughs> the more that I write, the more... I'm realizing that I'm interested in kind of existential philosophical questions. And death is the big one, right? That's the end that we are all moving toward. Um, and usually it's preceded by some type of illness. Um, so I think that's just something that I'm always thinking about, um, and it comes up in my writing. Um, when you were asking the question. It made me reflect, and I hadn't thought about this until now, that a lot of these stories were written during the time that I was caring for my mother, um, who died of cancer. I also had a brother who died of cancer. So these were some of the life issues that I was dealing with as I was crafting fiction. Um, And so that obsession probably um, influenced the way that I shaped the stories as well.
0: I'm sorry to hear that about your uh, mom and your brother, you said. Did they get to see any of these stories before they passed? Yes and no. Um, So I think
1: the oldest story that's in the collection was published in 2003, 2004, around that time. Um, So they were both around when that was published. But, you know, things that are in journals or anthologies um, are kind of hard for your family to get access to, um, so they knew that I was publishing, but no, unfortunately, they both passed away before this book was published, and um, so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, wherever they are in the universe, that they are recognizing that um, I made it, I finished it, and that this is now um, something that is real and out there for other people to enjoy.
0: Another issue that you explore in this collection is education. Several of your characters are academics or have parents who are academics. We see characters who drop out of school for various reasons. Did your desire to delve into this topic have anything to do with the fact that you are a professor of you know, African-American studies and English? I think so. Yeah,
1: I think that that's something, education is something I think about a lot. Um, I think about students, I think about curriculum, I think about um, school systems and districts, what's being offered, who has resources, who doesn't. Um, those are issues that we deal with in African-American studies. Um, so yeah, those are things that are always on my mind and as a parent of children, um, who have, I have to help them. Um, as they navigate through um, different school systems. Um, Yeah, it's just something that I think about a lot, Um, but it wasn't something that I recognized was a theme, as you said, um, in the stories until after I put the collection together and went back and looked at them, because I wrote the stories separately, right? So putting them together as one unit makes you look at them differently. And yeah, that is definitely, education is definitely a theme that comes up.
0: One of your stories points to the discrimination that black kids face in schools, particularly black boys. And it feels like a real critique of K through 12 education in this country. As a writer, do you feel a responsibility to, you know, shine a light on some of our societal ills? Or is this something that you think it's, it's up to the individual you know, writer, what he or she takes on?
1: That's a great question. I think that writers should follow um, their muses and whatever um, sources of inspiration they get. Um, for me, I am passionate about issues of social justice um, as a member of society, as someone who feels um, a responsibility to those who are less fortunate uh, than myself. Um, those are things that will come up in my writing because I'm inspired by those issues. Do I think everyone has to you know, uh, write stories that have a political bent, etc.? cetera? No. Um, do I do it uh, for marketing reasons or because I think it's trendy or because I think I need to preach to people? No. Um, but I do think as an artist um, and as someone who is um, interested in people, Right, Um, and the welfare of all people that we have to think about the way that schools help some and not others.
0: In addition to being a writer and a professor, you're also a lawyer. How does that influence your work? Because that's something that we don't often see with writers. Um, well, it's interesting, so I was on a panel here at AWP
1: yesterday, and I mentioned that one of my obsessions over the last two or three years has been um, the experimental poetry and prose book Zong by M. Norbessie Philip, um, and Philip is a poet who is also a lawyer, and Zong is this amazing book that takes a legal decision from 1783 and disfigures it, um, pulls apart all the language, pulls apart the words, takes the letters, and creates a new poem, right? Um, And Philip has said that she was interested in taking this opinion based on a historical event where Africans were thrown overboard a Dutch slave ship in order to collect insurance monies. She wanted to try to retrieve the voices of those Africans, and there were little, there's little in the historical record in the archives about these people. The only thing is this legal document where they're talking about who's going to pay for this lost cargo, right? Um, So she takes that text and works with that and thinks that she can. Um, recover the voices and the stories of those people by dealing with that text, that they're locked there in the legal opinion. That to me was astonishing when I read that book. Um, So it's pushing me to think about how to use my legal background as a creative writer in a way that is um, experimental and maybe more challenging. Um, So yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. I haven't done anything with it yet, but I've been so inspired by Philip um, and by her work. Well,
0: what are you reading right now?
1: Ooh, so many things. So uh, I have a friend, Vanita Blackburn, who um, published a story collection this year, um, Black Jesus and Other Superheroes, I read that. Um, David I is a poet um, who published last year uh, a collection of poetry entitled Seed, I read that. Um, An American Marriage came on its pub date, um, and I'm looking at that. Um, Big Machine by Victor Lavelle. I've got a bunch of books, and uh, this is what I do. I'm always reading several books at once. Some of them I'll finish. Some of them I'll start and then stop and have to come back several months later. Um, But those are the texts that come immediately to mind. George Saunders' latest uh, just came from Amazon
0: to my house, so I'm looking at that too. So what are you working on right now in terms of your own writing? So right now I'm working on a novel
1: um, with the title Festivals. And um, I have a good first draft. And I have lots of revision to do. So I'm looking forward to doing that work. I have research I need to do, too. I can tell you um, kind of what it's about, um, one of the things that I'm interested in one of the questions that I have is about cruelty and who is responsible for um, certain acts of cruelty that happen to people Um, so in this novel we have a family of auto workers and one of the members of the family is a drug addict um, and he builds cars Um, And the car company is having financial problems and they are looking to get the older workers to retire and they're offering different retirement packages. Um, And this character is going to take one of the options that offers a big cash payment and use it to purchase drugs that will contribute to his death. Um, And this is the story that my brother, who worked for 40 years at General Motors, told me um, when he was uh, still living was that he saw the companies kind of target addicts for those big payments because they would take it knowing that they could purchase illicit drugs. Um, I don't know that that's true, and to me it's irrelevant whether it's true or not. The question is, if someone dies as a result, if a company did make a choice like that and target someone who's vulnerable, who's responsible for that death? So that's the question I'm playing with. Um, And, of course, I complicate it because there are other people who maybe were interested or have motivation to see this person die. Um, So it's going to be like a murder mystery, hopefully a literary one. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, Renee, where can listeners find you online if they want to know more about you or just read about your work and what's coming up? I have a website,
1: reneesims.com. I need to do a better job of keeping things updated on my calendar, but um, that's a good place to start.
0: Okay, well, Renee, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to stop by and chat about your work.
1: Thank you, Marva. Thanks for the great questions.
0: Please go to our website, readmorepodcast.com to find out how you can win a free copy of Meet Behind Mars. You can also follow us on Twitter at Read More Podcast and like us on Facebook. Join us again in two weeks for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.